0: Welcome back everyone this is the prepared mindset podcast and it's the start of a new month so if you guys have been following us for a little while here you know that <clears throat> the first weekend of every month we try to do what we call our sunday sit rep all right uh if you're new to the podcast this is our opportunity to talk some current events unfortunately it usually means that we're also talking some politics uh and this is actually our second time now that i'll be doing a live instagram uh feed her video on Instagram live of, of this episode as we kind of get into uh, a few topics which I have uh, set aside, picked, uh, you know picked for, for today's discussion. Um, at least one of them has already been uh, the feature of a focus, uh, an exclusive episode, right on our patreon page. So if you guys are looking for additional content from us, if you're looking to hear more about any of the stuff here, hey, you can shoot us a message. Let us know, hey, I I really enjoyed that. Are you guys able to talk more about that or or, or do a deeper dive or or longer format? Um, And we always look forward to getting those messages because it gives us something else to work towards, uh, something else to drive towards. But obviously, with everything going on in the news, uh, the big story we're going to get into today is Texas, right, and securing our southern border. Um, We did it on the Patreon page uh, from the lens of talking about potential civil war. We're probably going to mention that um, a little bit here. Try to stay away from the concept, because honestly, I'm one of those weird people that thinks that you can speak some of that shit into existence, and I think it's probably one of the things that we don't need. Oddly enough, war equals bad. Ask people who've been to wars, and most of them will tell you that it's not a very good time. Um, but we got we got a, a few things that we're gonna we're gonna get into. We're gonna kick off with that story, uh, and uh, before we kind of jump into this week's discussion, uh, we have some awesome partners that we have to talk to you guys about. Uh, or I should say would like to talk to you about, because if you're looking for new gear, if you're looking for companies that you can trust to have a positive experience with, uh, a company that's going to sell you a good product, we pride ourselves on partnering with uh, some really badass companies in the industry that do really, really great work. And we want to be able to share that with all of you guys so that when you go out to spend your hard-earned money, uh, you're, you can do it knowing that you're not going to have a bad time or buy uh, a shitty product that is going to fail on you when you most need it. So I uh, would like to first say thank you to our friends over at Custom Night Vision. Guys, Night Vision is it's pretty badass, honestly. Uh, night Vision is the only superpower you can buy. Don't let Batman tell you any different. And you can make Custom Night Vision your one-stop shop for all of your Night Vision needs. Whether you're looking to get into your very first Night Vision unit, right? So maybe uh, you know a PVS-14, a single tube in green phosphor because you're balling on a budget like so many of us are, right? And you just don't know what you don't know. They have an insight chat feature, right, that's built in, and it's not a bot, right? It's not some robot with, you know, 17 predefined responses that's going to direct you to ultimately just send them an email to their sales inbox that they monitor and check once a week. No, the guys over at Custom do an absolutely outstanding job and provide an amazing and transparent buying experience for all of your night vision concerns. So whether that's buying your very first PVS-14, or maybe you didn't want a 14. Maybe you heard that the Tonto unit is lighter weight, and they actually have a bridge for it. So you can build your first set of binos. Uh, you can just do it in pieces. They're going to walk you through that. They're going to tell you the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, the pros and cons of making all of those purchasing decisions. Same goes for if you're one of those blessed individuals who you got your money together and you're ready to buy your first set of Bino tubes, but you don't know a damn thing about Photonis or L3 or LBit, White Foss, Green Foss, what makes, you know, what really makes the biggest difference in the performance and what's going to give you the best bang for the buck. That's where that's where the dudes over at custom really shine and if you guys are already purchased your unit and you're still trying to get pieces together to get your setup off the ground i know that's how i how i built mine out you need a helmet they carry OpsCore and team wendy and they just post on their facebook page a discount code so you guys can save a little cash on the team wendy helmets they also have laser units optics and a whole hell of a lot more you guys Fantastic dudes doing the Lord's work, bringing you guys great night vision at a very great price. Head on over to CustomNightVision.com today. Check out all the good stuff they got in stock there and pick yourself up something nice. Also have to say thank you to HRT Tactical Gear. Guys, I actually just spent about four and a half hours on the range yesterday running the HRT ARC belt. I've been been rocking that setup for about six months now. Uh, Well, maybe a little less than that, maybe about four four or five months now, and I absolutely love it. The Tigris material they use for the inner belt, the outer belt, it's very strong, super lightweight. Honestly, even with loaded up mags and, and a Glock on my hip, I really didn't notice the weight stayed in place. No problems at all with it. Cannot recommend the stuff from HRT enough. The guys and I are running their mag pouches. We love those. I love being able to run them on a 30-degree cant, which not every brand allows you to do. But HRT has customized hangers made out of that same tigris material. Super strong, super lightweight. And, guys, it is it is my absolute favorite way to run my belt now. If you guys are looking for placards, looking for plate carriers, they are your one-stop shop for all your nylon gear. It's HRTTacticalgear.com. Head over to the website, check everything out there, and if you already have a carrier, but you're looking for plates, you're looking for medical, you're looking for some targets, they have plates, they have medical full kits and components, they got tourniquet hangers and more, guys, and they have the awesome, our preferred awesome targets, the Drawless Hog Tactical Targets, you guys can head over to HRT's website one more time, that's HRTTacticalgear.com. And last year, have to say a big, big thank you to 100 Concepts. Guys, 100 Concepts is a kick-ass company. They develop a lot of really neat ideas for to address a lot of the problems that we all face. First and foremost being reflection, which is one of the primary concerns when you're talking about camouflage, which is something we all worry about when we're out in the field doing stuff. So check out their light caps. Check out their scope caps, and they're actually getting ready <clears throat> to release their ruggedized scope caps and light caps, taking the feedback that you guys, the end users, and their customers gave them. They're building a better light cap, a better scope cap, and that's in addition to, right, their pro cap line that they released that has built-in anti-reflective devices, their hex cap series. Guys, they're doing all kinds of good stuff. Head on over to 100concepts.com. The company motto is do good, be dangerous, live free. Go check it out for yourselves and grab some new gear today. Additionally, got to say thank you. If you guys are checking us out on the Instagram live right now, a big thank you to you. And if you are looking for additional ways to get access to content like this, because you love my voice and you just can't get enough of what I have to say, which would make you one of a very small group of people. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, you guys head on over to Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. You can check out all of our exclusive uh, content there. We have Uh, exclusive podcast episodes that don't get released here on on Spotify or anywhere else. Uh, We have long form videos, blog posts, targets, drills, all kinds of stuff going up all the time and may have some exclusive discount codes coming for you guys for a couple of companies in the very near future here. So head on over to our Patreon page uh, throw us some some love, throw us some support, uh, or at the very least, pause this recording. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe on whatever pod platform that you guys are utilizing to help us get those metrics up, help us do even more with the mindset. So with that, let's get into this week's discussion, this, this month's, I shouldn't say this week's discussion because this isn't a weekly, uh, this month's uh, sit rep, right? Um, Texas. Where do we start with Texas? I think we are all we're all on Texas's corner when we talk about what's going on down there right now. And if you guys haven't seen what's going on, you're probably not on Instagram. <clears throat> That's okay. Uh, the sad part is, and I saw a video. John Lovell called this out on, on I think it's his podcaster or, or whatever he puts out. John Lovell, uh, Warrior Poet Society sorry, getting into the coffee here, guys, Uh, pointed out that mainstream media is not covering what's going on in Texas right now, not even Fox News, which I know a lot of people like to point to Fox News and say, that's our trusted news source, right? That's where I'm going to go to get the real information, because that, Fox, Fox is the right news station for me, Um, which in a lot of instances, I guess it probably is, or it's less biased in the ways that we like to, to hear about and see. But I have my computer screen open right now, and I can tell you that uh, Fox did not have coverage of what's going on in Texas right now, or at least it's not on the front page. It's not a story that they're that they're really pushing right now. Uh, so, if we were to start from square one, right? For you know, Cliff Notes version of this: if you are somebody who uh, is not aware of what's going on right now, there is a massive, massive problem with our southern border. And if you don't know that, you're probably living under a rock because we've been talking about it basically since the Biden administration took over and opened the border. <laughs> um, they, to give you guys a, little, a brief history lesson, I think it was like the first day, the first official day in office, Joe Biden, our president, uh, signed a, a bill or an executive order, right, which halted the construction of the southern border wall uh, across the southern border of the United States. Uh, and essentially then killed that program and in turn was effectively opening our borders for all sorts of migrants, uh, illegal migrants and things from Mexico, or I should say say through Mexico, because as we're starting to find out once we're detaining these illegals and interviewing them and things, uh, a lot of these immigrants are not coming from Mexico. They're coming through Mexico, and that's an important distinction to make because it's not just poor South American folks that are looking for a better life and a slice of the American dream. We're now seeing people from the Middle East and other countries and Europe and things, right, flying into South America and making the trip up to our border and crossing illegally into this country. From a security standpoint, that should terrify you. Because if you guys have done any reading into everything that, that came before nine eleven. Uh, you'll know that it was largely caused by lax immigration laws uh, and government agencies who were aware of certain individuals that were on watch lists. We were aware of certain behavior, and we couldn't get over our pissing match interagency, right, to uh, flag these guys um, to you know take care of what happened or what 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 should have happened didn't happen, and 9/11 was the end result. Since that happened, right, immediately, everyone signed the Patriot Act into law, which at the time, everybody was up in arms. Yes, this is what we need. We need to secure our country. And uh, the patriotism behind that was, like, amazing, right? But we're now finding, uh, 20 some odd years later, that... It was probably not the best way to handle things. There were parts of that bill that are rather invasive, uh, and it's now being kind of leveraged and weaponized against the citizenry. So uh, that, that that's why it's important that we need to secure the border. You know, every country has immigration laws. Every country has an immigration process. And one of the things that you hear so, so much from liberal-minded folks, I'll say, is... is that people, you know, I had a buddy who uh, really actually wanted to start a fight over this with me about a year ago, honestly, about how he had, he worked with someone who had to go lie to a Marine recruiter just to get an extension on his green card to get his citizenship approved and that he shouldn't have to do things like that. And here's the thing, uh, you know, let's harken back to when Trump was being elected and you had all the libs fired up on social media swearing they were going to leave the country, Right. They were going to run away from this country if Donald Trump made it into office. We're all going to move to Canada, right? Because Trudeau knows what's up and Trudeau knows how to run a country and it's going to be better for us there, right? How many, and I know, I know everyone of you guys listening, uh, and if you're watching on the Instagram live right now, I'm sure you guys watching have at least two people you can think of off the top of your head that you're friends with. Or social media friends with that posted that dumbass shit, and I bet you that every one of those people is still living in the U.S. and is still a U.S. citizen. And maybe you might now be thinking, huh? Yeah, I know you know you're right. Why? Uh, why is that? Why did those people not all like have that giant mass exodus out of the country to go move to Canada when Trump got elected? It's because there are immigration laws. It's because there's requirements for citizenship in other countries, just like we have here. Ours are actually more relaxed than a lot of countries, but what a country needs to do is preserve the infrastructure for its people and take care of its citizens, right? So in a lot of instances, especially smaller countries, and we saw this with uh, the refugee situation leaving Ukraine and everything with all that going on, countries only wanting to allow in X amount of refugees because they leech off of the system, and we are seeing those effects as our economy here in the U.S. is not really doing that great. I'm not saying that the the illegals are entirely responsible for that, but they're not making things easier. All right. I will say that that's one major, major concern. And Canada did not want to accept all of the screaming liberals that were about to leave the U.S. <clears throat> so getting back to why the southern border situation is so critical here, you know, we have a process for letting people in we have a naturalization process it has worked for a very very long time i can say this confidently as somebody whose great grandmother came here as a mexican citizen and went through the naturalization process legally okay and i'm not saying that you know i anybody who wants to come here should have to struggle the way that my great grandparents did my great my grandparents came into texas they lived there for a while. And then they actually spent a lot of time when my grandmother was growing up moving between Michigan and Minnesota and other states in the country as vegetable pickers and had to work very, very hard for their lot in life. And eventually their kids, okay, opened a chain of restaurants, which they have like four or five now, and they're very successful. They worked, they came here and they contributed and they worked for what they wanted for themselves and for their families. And that I think is that's reasonable to expect. You, If you want a better life, no one's going to hand that to you. Not in this country, not in any other country. What we're seeing now is a complete flood of illegals who are coming in here. They're receiving, and there's articles you can find, there's headlines you can see, there's hospitals in places like Colorado who are now in a 28 billion, I believe was the number, either 28 million or 28 billion, something like that. It's a lot of money uh, in debt. Because they were giving free medical care to illegals that came across the border, they were implored and forced, basically, to provide this medical care for these sick illegals that came over, and there's no one there to pick up that tab. Okay, so don't let anybody lie to you and say that these illegals aren't, aren't impacting our system, they're not leeching off of anything, because one, they are. They're abusing our system and getting free medical care. Better quality medical care than what they would have gotten in their country, all right, and... Additionally, they're putting a giant strain on our supply chain and our infrastructure. Go look at your fucking grocery stores. Go look at everything that's not on the shelves. And because there's a scarcity, do you guys understand how basic economics work, right? When supply goes down, demand goes up. When demand is up and supply is down, your prices go up. And that's why a bag of chips is now over six dollars in some instances, and why gas is in back, you know, above, you know, three dollars or mid three dollars or whatever and it's it's not a good time in this country, and that's to say nothing of the security issues that are being experienced all along the border. In Texas, they decided they're going to fight back. These news stories that sicken us to our stomach about illegals coming into this country and raping children, in New York, they there were two illegals who assaulted an individual, and I don't remember the specifics of this case, but I do remember that instead of prison time for sexual assault, they were given 48 months of of uh, probation, forty eight months of pro- so four years probation for sexual assault, guys. That's the kind of thing that you would never get. You'd never get that benefit of the doubt here as an American citizen, and nor should you. Those are the issues we're facing. Illegals coming into this country, they're murdering American citizens. It's not like they're coming in here and living in our country and murdering each other or carrying out these violent crimes against each other, you know, illegal on illegal crime. You know, it is American citizens who are suffering. It's American citizens who are being targeted. We follow the rules. We follow the laws. We have to fight battles like gun control and where we can and cannot carry and what we can and cannot do to our fellow man. Legal citizens, right now, it seems in most of these liberal-controlled states, are getting the benefit of the doubt. They're getting very lax penalties and punishments, if any at all. And it's almost as if, as fast as we can deport some of these people, they are finding their way back into the country through a different port, a different hole in the in the border. If you guys don't believe me, I did a great interview with Matthew Smith, who is the uh, undersheriff or, or deputy sheriff in Pinal County, Arizona. If you guys have watched Live PD back when that was on the air. Uh, Pinal County was one of the departments that they rode with a lot, and they have a very big problem there with the cartels and drug trafficking over the border. And that was, that was before all of this nonsense uh, really kicked in and became a, a strong issue. So in addition to the war on drugs, and not the war on drugs here in this country where uh, allegedly, right, black Americans had to resort to selling crack because it's the only way they could make money because the Ameri- you know, the United States of America is such a, such a awful racist place that, uh, socioeconomic issues. I love that term. I love that term because it gets abused all the time by people who don't know what they're talking about, but are like really, really, uh, confident that they know all the facts, uh, So, yeah, seldom right and uh, never in doubt. That's pretty much how liberals are with a lot of the uh, war on drugs facts. There's a really, really stupid documentary on Netflix about it, too, and how the 80s were terrible, and Reagan is basically the most racist president of all time. But I digress. So, Texas has taken it upon itself now. They have resumed construction via state funding to put the border wall back in place. They have... Basically, there was a Supreme Court opinion, not not even an opinion. Actually, there was a Supreme Court ruling uh, regarding the razor wire being placed at the border by at the ordering of Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Okay, and a lot of people are going out and saying, oh, well, Texas is defying the Supreme Court. They can't do this. They're defying the Supreme Court. And I think the distinction that needs to be made, and even CNN reported on this, okay, is that there was no opinion issued by the Supreme Court. There really wasn't any substance to it other than that they struck down an injunction by a lower court saying that the government, the federal government, couldn't cut razor wire on the border. So, the liberal media took that, they picked it up, and they ran with that shit like a like a fumbled football in a championship game. Hashtag go Lions. Um, and... Basically, now we then we started seeing stories pop up about Texas defying the Supreme Court. Texas, are they going to secede from the Union? And in a very short amount of time after this, right, we are seeing additional states' leadership. Uh, pledging their support with the state of Texas. Now, I will say um, I've seen a couple different lists and, and some of there's slight variances, like some included Illinois, some did not. Uh, some included Indiana, some did not. But it's about a 25-25 split, right? We have 50 states in our in our union, right? So we're about divided. Now, it's not a clear divide like North versus South, like our American Civil War. But there's, there's some pretty strong support for what's going on in Texas, specifically among a lot of the border states where, and you guys know this is how our elective system works, is these politicians are kept in office by their voters Okay, on the local and state levels. So as a local municipality along the border, if you're an elected mayor or an elected sheriff and you cannot keep your people safe, they're probably not inclined to elect you again. So These are the people that are pledging support. These are the people that are taking this issue very seriously. And these are the communities that are standing up against this issue. So it'll be very interesting to see how this continues to develop because Texas is not, uh, they at the state level are not kowtowing to uh, federal pressure. They are not uh backing down from this and nor should they okay the state's responsibility a governor's responsibility is first and foremost to represent the needs of their people their citizens and i can tell you that that must feel awesome in texas because up here in michigan we have a governor who doesn't do shit for our state i will tell you she pushes the democratic line harder than probably any other governor and if you guys don't believe me look up gretchen whitmer and her track record and how she votes also look up all the freaking awesome things that they did with nursing homes during lockdown and COVID here in Michigan and how our Attorney General Dana Nessel uh, will not hear any cases about that and will not get into that issue. But I digress. So it'll be interesting to see now what happens with Texas and what happens with these other states. Because here's now that you've had other states uh, specifically come out and pledge, their alignment and their support with Texas and their efforts and offer to assist, right? And that could be through a lot of things. It could be through sending funding. You could send your National Guard troops. More personnel is only going to help this issue as they work to secure the border and deter illegals from coming across and things. It's not going to be as simple, right, for the federal government, right, for the sitting Biden administration to just say, oh, you will listen to what we want you to do or we'll do X, Y, Z, because now you're not just talking to one state. You're talking to half the country, half of your citizens who allegedly voted this administration into office. So it's not going to happen overnight, right? Um, It's not going to be a quick resolution, obviously. And I think I saw something on Instagram the other day where you could uh, fully... Uh, you you could take an airline with 50 passenger jets and run them seven days a week and it would take over two years to uh, fully evacuate all of the illegals that have come in. So if that puts any kind of... You guys know how many people fit on a passenger flight and running around the clock for two years straight, 50 planes, it would take them over, over two years. So that puts in perspective the size of the illegal immigration problem that we have. Um, and a lot of people wanted to point at Donald Trump. Oh, you're putting, you know, you're putting kids in cages when they come across the border. Uh, well, who built the fucking cages? Your boy Obama. So, just just some stuff to think about. You know, a lot of people are screaming, are looking at this uh, across the Instagram community and across the gun community and going, "Fuck yeah, this is civil war. We're finally gonna go to war. We're finally gonna fix everything." And it is the dumbest shit I think I've ever fucking heard. Yeah, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Because, ask anyone who's actually been to war, who spent time in Kosovo or Bosnia in the '90s, right? Who and because that's probably the closest comparison uh, that you'll get to what it would be like here in in the U.S. Uh, because the Middle East was is not as developed, right? You know, Afghanistan is not as developed as we are here in the United States, not by a long shot, right? and Iraq really wasn't or isn't either so you really have to look at some of the eastern european conflicts and things or ukraine uh to to get a more fair comparison as to what things would degenerate to you're not just talking about this is just going to be an easy deal you know, a lot of people want to say oh well <laughs> liberals are afraid of guns so uh yeah we would we would win handedly it's not a war that's being fought with guns i mean it would be uh but we look at things like drone strikes we look at things like technological warfare and data warfare. There's a lot of things. And as soon as that happens, right, as soon as that shit kicks off, there's no going to your day job and fighting the war on the weekends. That's you know, you're then immediately, hey, you would have to go to support whatever effort you're trying to support while you leave your family potentially at home several states away where you don't know if there's access to a doctor. You don't know if they have a power grid that's functioning. You don't know what's happening to them. Like it becomes a war zone. It's very dangerous. It's very shitty. So I urge you guys to think twice about that. If you're one of the people that's posting those things or if you're, you're out there pushing that message that civil war in the United States, uh, round two, would, would somehow be the right way to fix everything in this country, um, I, would, I really would. I would urge you to reconsider that opinion and really think f- uh, for a while about what that would do to our quality of life and how long it would take us to recover. You know, I mean, truthfully, uh, it's it's a very short-sighted way of looking at things. It's also like uh, halfway psychotic. You know, if you're if you're looking forward to going to war. Um. I know there's people out there that are like that. That's that's the thing that really scares me. And a lot of people push it because it's good for clicks, it's good for likes, it's good for subscribes on Instagram. You can throw up a picture from when you were a reservist during the you know six months that you actually deployed to a non-war zone and make a caption and try and sound like you know what you're talking about. Um, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people trying to leverage uh, their prior military service. The real people who have been through it They'll they not be they'll be the ones that are telling you not to wish for that, not to hope for that, that it's not the answer here. Because it really isn't. And it's moronic that we even have to sit here and say, hey, Civil War isn't just, it's not a video game. It's not just, Civil War in this country would not just be like, oh, we'll just hit the reset button and everything's going to be hunky fucking dory. No, no, It's. it would be a long, long rebuild. It would be a very devastating process for, for all of us. And it's something that I don't think any of us should be uh, in any sort of hurry to get, get into. So we'll obviously be keeping tabs on that. Um, we'll be talking about it. I'm sure more cause I don't, like I said, it's not going to go away quickly. Um, but it's probably the, the most urgent matter. One of the most urgent matters we have to talk about today. And like I said, we'll update as things develop. You'll see more posts about it. I am sure. And as always, I urge you guys to do your own research on it. Um, but next have to talk a little bit about, uh, somebody who's actually, uh, I've been working on trying to get on the podcast. Uh, who seems, by all accounts, to be an, an incredible individual has a large following on Instagram, and uh, that's Knockout Lights, Mike Le- Mike Levy. Uh, and if you guys have been following Mike's uh, Instagram page for at least a year, you know that this time last year, he and his family uh, suffered probably one of the most devastating experiences I think any family could with the flooding that they experienced in Southern California, right? And there's videos and pictures to see where the floodlines were, all all of his training vehicles and site and his home and everything and how damaged and destroyed uh, everything was. And luckily, there were some outstanding community members that banded together and donated money where they could to help... To help the family, you know, because if you work in insurance or if you've ever dealt with insurance, you know that just having homeowners insurance doesn't cover everything. It really doesn't, um, especially when you're talking about the you know extra vehicles and gun safes and things like that. It really it's not going to just replace shit magically. It's not how it's not how insurance works. I can tell you that firsthand. Is my mother used to own uh used to own a restaurant. And uh, she lost that restaurant when uh, a couple assholes decided to break in and rob the joint, uh, cut themselves, breaking in, bled all over the place. One of the two idiots called his father, who was also fresh out of the joint, or the clink, as as you might say, and uh, his father directed him to torch the place because they had his DNA. And because the two of them had watched way too much CSI and way too much TV without actually knowing what the fuck was going on, Um, my mother's business was destroyed. And the insurance would only cover basically the work to level out and clear the existing structure, which it was an old building, very old, so it was grandfathered into a lot of things. So even while part of the structure probably could have been salvaged, there would not have been enough money there to actually complete the rebuild. And as my mother was nearing her at the time, like mid to late 50s, Taking on a you know a couple hundred thousand dollar business loan at the hope of rebuilding and reopening really wasn't you know a prospect that she was looking to take on a challenge for the family that you know just, it didn't make sense to do so. Um, why I bring this up is because if you guys check out what's going on, uh, there's severe flooding and severe storms in Southern California once again, and. Why I think it's a important to mention this is a you know you guys say it, throw out some prayers and some good vibes for Mike and his family uh, to see how he was able to persevere through all of that was really really inspiring um, and I can't even imagine the level of difficulty uh, that 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 I, I mean as a husband as a man as a father to to push through that but now to see it come back a year later. Um, He just put up a post with sandbags on his front door and, you know, mentioning that he's been spending the last year grading out his land, building more berms to try and hold back uh, because, you know, it's an eventuality that might happen again. Um, But I bring it up because California officials are urging people to plan for alternative power sources. Hey, the weather's going to be real bad. Make sure you guys have generators, alternative power sources, because we don't have any way to help you. And I get it. Extreme weather happens everywhere. Like uh, last winter, not not this winter, but like last winter, uh, my parents lost power for four or five days. I don't think it was quite six, but it was four or five days. They lost power. Uh, my parents' generator quit after the first day, and my dad had to go out and buy another one. Which, given that the, the widespread power outages, because there were hundreds of thousands of people that were wiped out uh, during this ice storm up here in Michigan last winter. He had to go out and drop nine hundred dollars to buy a new generator just to keep, like, you know, the the basic essentials running. And it's important that we call this out, I think, for California because California is a state leading the charge on electric vehicles and, you know, uh, getting away from fossil fuels and "quote unquote" green energy or clean energy. Uh, But then, you know, they completely ignore all of the science, right? That actually disproves the argument that we shall be moving to electric vehicles, that we should be moving to wind power and solar power. Um, Because all of those things, if you looked into it, are tremendously disposable. So once those uh, solar panels wear out, you, you can't recycle those. They're just trash. And you have to work very hard to dispose of them. Same thing with wind turbines. They're very... You have to... These turbine farms are huge, and they take up tons and tons of space, and they don't actually generate that much power for as much that goes into building all of them. So it is ironic... Uh, If nothing else, but to see again, just another failed liberal attempt at telling the rest of us how we're supposed to live our lives uh, only ultimately to see them turn around and go, Hey, uh, we got nothing for you. I know you did all the things that we, uh, we told you, you should. And now that you need our help, we don't have anything for you. So um, I wanted to at least touch on that, um, but especially just to, you know, throw some prayers and some good thoughts and some positive energy out for uh, Mike Levy and his family. Uh, And if you guys know who Mike is, he runs Assault Dynamics. It's a training company. Uh, He's Knockout Lights on Instagram. He puts out a lot of content, a lot of good information. A lot of people know that Mike's a good dude. Uh, I've, you know, actually had reached out to him last year, this time to try and get him on the pod, did not realize what was going on there immediately issued an apology and wished him the best. And, um, to see people in the community go through that, it's very difficult, uh, especially the ones that are really doing good things to help people and train people. Um, so wanted to make a special note of that and a special mention of that for those two reasons there. So if you guys, uh, however you worship and whatever way you pray, throw some love up for Mike and his family. Um, But then the last thing I want to touch on in today's episode, uh, a lot of you guys are familiar or aware of, right, the Oxford High School shooting that took place a couple years ago. I think it might have been 2021 here in Michigan. Um, Not going to say the shooter's name because, and I've talked about this before with, with public shooters, mass shooters, assholes, right? Uh, I don't believe in speaking their name. I don't believe in giving them the notoriety that they were probably looking for, the attention that they're that they were, you know. I don't know. I I I, I don't do it. Okay, but I bring this back up for a couple of reasons. Um, right now, the case is ongoing, and this is via CNN. And a lot of you guys, you know, I, I talked about Fox earlier. Uh, but I do like to go to the alternative news sources and get different perspectives uh hear the story from the other side's point of view I guess um, because then from an educated standpoint, we can kind of debunk some of what 's being said. We can look at it more holistically if we have the other side's perspective mixed into our own um, but the mother of the shooter um yeah so it's it was in twenty twenty one and i'm I'm looking at this article right now on c n n um And one of the quotes is, we didn't just hand him a gun as, here you go, son, she testified. It was something we could use when we went to the range as a family, which you should, right? You should go to the gun range as a family. Your kids should be aware and know how to safely handle firearms. Now, you also have a responsibility as a citizen and as a fucking parent to know if your kid is batshit nuts, that he shouldn't have access to the fucking gun safe. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's sad. It's sad. I know a lot of us don't want to go to, uh, we don't want to go to the doctor or therapy or or any of that stuff because we are concerned that we might be ruled as, uh, you know, uh, someone might say we shouldn't have a firearm. And in most instances, I get that, but like, in this case, it's been well documented that that morning, the morning of that shooting, the parents and the kid and the school counselor met with him over concerning things he was writing and saying and doing in school regarding taking action like this. And no one thought, hey, we should go home, check the safe. We should go home and make sure this is going on. There were text messages, I appreciate it, text messages or voicemails of the mother getting a hold of the kid during the day before all this went down, pleading with him not to do anything. So they knew he had the gun. They didn't run to the school. They didn't, you know, go take care of whatever. They just hoped he would just you know, work, through, work, work shit out. Um, so anyway uh, this goes on. She testified the day before that she, the, the, this is the mother trusted the father with this firearm, um, and securing it. Uh, but she admitted under cross-examination that she didn't trust her husband, uh, to get out of bed in the morning, mow the lawn to her liking or update her, uh, on the kid's whereabouts. So, okay, I will, I will go on and say, this is the importance. We talk about this a little bit in our community, not nearly enough about having a good marriage, right? And being good people to one another. And that's not to say it's, it's always easy. Uh, if any of you, you, listening, or if you guys are watching this on Instagram live, right? You're married or just in a long-term relationship with someone. I, you know, I'm, I'm very open to how people live their lives and, uh, you don't have to be married to share a life with somebody. You don't. Um, my belief is that you should, but you don't have to be, uh, but you, it's a partnership and it's not, it's not always easy. Uh, And I get that. But if if you have that level of difficulty getting along with and trusting the person that you're with for things as menial as mowing the lawn, I would say trusting them with the greater responsibilities like securing firearms for your son who you have doubts about his stability yeah, maybe you should, uh, I don't know, take some action. And it's too, at this point, it's too late. They're just pointing fingers. Um, I'm going to scroll on here and look at this. And, uh, it, basically they're, uh, the cross-examination for this came towards the end of, uh, the mother, I'm not going to say her name. Cause that's also obviously the shooter's last name, uh, her trial on four counts of involuntary manslaughter for the role that she basically played in this whole story. Um, and why this is now all important is because this case is going to end up setting a lot of legal precedent in this country, if nothing else in the state of Michigan. Uh, As it's February, we're now in in February of 2024, mid-month, I believe it's the 12th, I think it's Monday the 12th, is when we actually have a new batch of gun control laws coming into effect here in Michigan. Uh, We will now effectively have red flag legislation in this state, which is concerning, um, given that their track record is not very good, unless you're looking at the infringement via those red flag laws, in which case they have a really strong track record of uh, taking away firearms from lawful citizens. It's kind of like that movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise, the whole pre-crime idea, ooh, we'll take your gun away before you do something bad with it, because the greater good. But I haven't done anything legal yet. Oh, but you might. We think that You might. So I haven't done anything yet, but you're going to punish me anyways. Because here's the thing. A lot of us own firearms. I mean, yeah, range team. A lot of people own firearms for home defense, purely for home defense. They don't spend a ton of time at the range, even though I think they should, right? They don't spend a lot of time getting training, even though they probably should because of, you know, what a a firearm is capable of, right? Um, But you're basically, you're going to get punished before you you commit a crime. It's it's minority report. This is literally... uh, the world that we live in. Additionally, safe storage laws. That was primarily that primarily came out of this case with this uh, Oxford shooter because the firearm was bought for the use of the child, right? Because he can't legally purchase a handgun here in Michigan, until you're 21 or older. His parents purchased it for him so he would he would have one to use at the range, which a lot of us do for kids, right? Oh, hey, my nine year old can't obviously go buy a gun. They can't buy themselves anything but I'm going to buy them a 22 rifle for when we go to the range. I'm not going to shoot a 22 cuz look at the size of me, right? This is not an uncommon practice. But now we have safe storage laws because these people apparently both thought, I don't know, uh that the other one was going to safely secure The deadly weapon from their unstable son. Now, the whole state has to fall in line with this because of our super Democrat run legislature. Um, You know, our our attorney general certainly isn't doing anything to help protect uh, the rights of gun owners here in Michigan. Dana Nessel is a hardline liberal Democrat, so that it really doesn't, you know, make things better. And uh, Gretchen Whitmer, uh, she, like I said earlier, you know, she is in lockstep with the Biden administration, who has since day one pledged their dedication to stripping away firearms ownership from Americans. So, yeah, they're going to they're going to push for this. They're going to do everything they can to insulate this and make sure that the additional elected leaders in our state Senate and our state Congress and everything uh, you know, are going to do the same. And we have two Democrat, uh, senators on the federal level, pushing for more of the same. So Debbie Stabenow and Gary Peters, who I ever mentioned on this podcast before. And basically due to their, uh, what I will say is amounts to ineptitude when it comes to matters of firearms. Uh, and also basically anytime I've tried really reaching out to have a discourse with them, uh, to have a discussion, to raise my concerns about my rights as a, uh, a gun owner have gotten, you know, pre written emails, templates, right? That just get copy pasted and automatically sent out to me because uh, either they don't want to have a discussion, they're unable because of a lack of education to have a discussion, um, or they just don't care, which is more than unlikely that that's what the case is, you know? Uh, because Debbie Stabenow came from a hunting community, so she knows the importance of firearms, which is fucking absurd. Or Gary Peters, who was, I'm pretty sure, in like the Navy Reserves or something, so he knows about firearms because he was in the military. Which again is fucking dumb, uh, you know. Uh, time spent in the military is not a guarant- is not guaranteed to be indicative of your firearms knowledge because only like two percent of the armed services are actually combat combat roles. Everything else is support and administrative, uh, especially in the fucking navy, dude. So at any rate, um, safe storage laws are going to go into effect. So what that does is basically just gives another charge to throw on the list because it's not like someone can just come into your home and demand to see your safe storage. It's not how it works. But if a crime is committed, so let's say someone steals your firearm and goes and robs a place or shoots somebody with your stolen firearm, then now you are also liable because you did not store and secure the firearm safely. Ain't that fucking great. Um, And additionally, now background checks. So before in our state, you just used to have to do background checks and things for handguns, basically any kind of concealable weapon. Now that includes long guns, which we already, if you were buying a firearm from any FFL, you were already doing the transfer paperwork. They were already running your information. If you guys recall in 2020, when lockdowns hit and everybody was freaking out and buying up all the guns and ammo, they broke the the NICS system and it basically like, it was overloaded because people were so concerned with their safety and what might happen during lockdown that there were so many inquiries and background checks filed. Uh, yet we still have all of these politicians screaming about how we don't have common sense gun control in the form of background checks. Uh, spoiler alert. We do, we do. Um, which is why it's always so upsetting when things like this Oxford shooting happen and we Fucking find out from local law enforcement or worse, federal law enforcement like the FBI, the boys over at the three letter agencies, that they were aware of this. The the shooter in Maryland, right, who I think was Maryland or Maine, who was uh, prior army, was a shooting instructor in the army and, you know, uh, went out and killed a bunch of people and then took his own life. Uh, the FBI was aware of this individual. They were on a watch list, and nothing happened. Similar to what I just mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this recording talking about 9-11, how multiple agencies were aware of all these individuals and Al-Qaeda and had grave concerns, but because we couldn't get our shit together and talk to each other and play nice, we suffered one of the most deadly attacks on this country in the history of our nation. So that's, uh, yeah... We do background checks, uh, but our wonderful administration and the Democratic leadership, which people subscribe to in this country for reasons which I couldn't explain to you, uh, keep screaming to defund the police. That's right. Take more money away from them so they can do less and then scream about how we're not doing enough to combat the problems that are causing violence in our country. It's a self-fulfilling its a self prophecy. It's super fucking frustrating and super annoying. So um, I guess we'll wait and see. Right I don't know uh, if you're I, I urge anybody listening to this or, or watching on Instagram right now, uh, especially if you live in Michigan, but reach out to your elected uh, leadership, right. Reach out to them, implore them right because your vote is what keeps them in office. Reach out to them, let them know your thoughts, your feelings, and do it in a positive and respectful way. That's the only way any of this stuff gets better you know, if you send a nasty email with vulgar language and you insult these people as much as we all would like to, they're not going to listen. They're not going to pay attention and you're not going to get anywhere with it. Uh, Surprise, surprise. Just like if somebody were to send you some kind of gnarly message, you'd probably tell them to go fuck off and uh, never listen to them again or block them, right? So reach out, share your thoughts, vote in, vote in your election. That's the problem I have with all these people. uh, We were talking about Texas at the beginning uh, of this discussion and the people that were screaming for civil war in this country. And here's the thing. Those are usually the people that are screaming for it. The people that really think that it's a good idea uh, are the same ones that won't reach out to their elected leadership are the same ones that won't even take the time to vote. They'll sit here and bitch about everything that's wrong with this country how free men don't ask for permission and, you know, what, all that other stupid-ass shit, and then, you know, all the while subjecting their families to that those kinds of dangers and situations because you are choosing not to abide by the laws of the country or your state. And I get that. I get it. As somebody who is very, very in line and, and supportive of the Second Amendment and hating most of these gun control laws, I also live in the real world where I know that, Just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I can just fucking ignore it. Uh, You know, it's not how the fucking world works. It's not how being an adult works. Hey, I don't like paying my mortgage, but you know what? I do it every month because that's how it works. And if you don't participate in our political system, you don't get to sit here and bitch about how it's broken and it doesn't work and you hate it and you're just going to be about whatever, because that's how we end up in this situation where anybody but Donald Trump is the right choice for president and we have... Six dollar bags of chips, gas is four dollars a gallon. people can't afford to fucking pay their bills and the economy's in this shitter and homes somehow are at an all-time high in value. okay uh, people you know people are now selling their homes 10 years later. they paid 87 grand for them now they're being valued at over two hundred thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. This is the world we live in. These are the choices that are made. so I get it you know, on one hand, but on the other hand, if you're not willing to be part of the solution, you're pretty much contributing to being part of the problem, whether that's, you know, actively or passively contributing, you have to do something, okay? And and honestly, I, I do. I really think that with all of this, the uh, ultra-violent approach of fuck around and find out or free men don't ask permission, that's that do, that doesn't take us in a direction that's going to make people's lives better, as frustrating as that is to hear, as frustrating it is for me to say it. That's the reality, okay? War is not, it, that's like the break glass in case of emergency solution. So um, hopefully this has been at least somewhat insightful for to you guys on these topics and these issues. Uh, I really do think we're going to see um, a, a lot of changes in development in the next several months here, especially because at the end of the year, it's the it's the fucking presidential election. I do think we're going to see uh, a lot of issues in the media um, because as the election gets closer, people like to leverage scams and, and problems and crisis in the media and tragedy in the media to try and leverage the output uh, of the voting process, right? And with this border scenario and what may happen with... Texas and the states that stand with them versus the federal government, uh, you know, that it could get really interesting really quickly. It it, it could. Um, And, uh, you know, obviously as that develops, we'll bring more information to you guys. But I I urge everyone, go out and read on this stuff on your own, right? Don't just take my word for it. I read a lot, okay? Uh, I'm in the middle of a book right now about uh, the, the special forces and all the deployments and things leading from, you know, Vietnam all the way up through, uh, the nineties and the eighties. And then as I think right now, I'm like halfway through it and it's getting, we're just starting to get into war on terror. Um, so don't let the scope of your scope of history, you know, be limited by the last 20 years, because that's when most of us were aware and, you know, uh, cognizant as young adults and adults, but Uh, that's all I got for you guys, uh, this week for this recording anyways, of the, uh, of of the Sunday sit rep. So, uh, thank you guys for hanging out and listening and until next time be safe out there. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared.